You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what up? You are listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Today... I was struggling to come up with a topic about the NBA draft. Now, I have a bunch of different topics I can always discuss, but today I was trying to figure out what 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 type of episode or what direction do I want to go in this particular episode. So, I'm just kind of scrolling and doing what I normally do, which is read a bunch of articles and I've been making a bunch of videos and the last video I made for my YouTube channel which is nbadraftjunkies.com and before I get into my tangent I have this like crazy goal of trying to make a hundred videos for this draft class I had like 40 I want to say at the last episode I may have had like 50 left I'm down to 46 which is and I had like a, a list of prospects that I needed to cover. And I want to say about five of them have decided to go back to school, which makes a lot of sense, especially with the whole NIL thing. And you can make money. Absolutely no need to, you know, play in the G League and make $5,000 a month. when you can probably make ten, twenty thousand $20,000 a month in college with this whole NIL thing. But th- that's a different subject. So the last video I did was on... Jericho Sims from Texas. Jericho is like this crazy, freakish, bouncy athlete. He's like 6'10 with a 44-inch vertical. Extremely talented from the aspect of just his coordination, his size, athletic ability. Should be able to defend multiple positions in the NBA, but he's not very skilled. I think he was like 8 for 28 on post-ups this year, but he was like shooting like 96% as the role man. So very dominant rim roller, very good at cuts to the basket, but he's probably, I mean, I think he's made a name for himself and he may end up getting drafted based off of how well he played at the combine in Chicago. But before Chicago, I think... He may have been lucky to be selected in the second round. So I just was doing some research on on centers and and so on. And I came across this article. And this is actually pretty funny to me. So in 1988, Jack McCallum, who is a legendary writer for Sports Illustrated, had this article. And it was actually the cover article. And it was labeled The Vanishing Center. And it has this picture of Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. And the caption is, they just don't make them like Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell anymore. So this was dated February 22nd, 1988. What's funny to me is that if that article came out today, people wouldn't 
be shocked by it. I mean, that's one of the, the things that you hear a lot of people talk about in today's game is, you know, there's no centers. What happened to the center? Yada, yada, yada. And it's funny because, again, this is 1988. You had Patrick Ewing was playing. You had Hakeem Olajuwon, Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Moses Malone. Abdul-Jabbar and Malone were probably at the you know, the latter stages of their career, but you still had two Hall of Fame centers and they were questioning, is the center position dead? So David Robinson came, I think the next year after that, and he ended up having a Hall of Fame career. So it made me think about, is the center position dead in today's NBA? A lot of people will tell you it is. And I'm, I kind of beg to differ. I think that we have a pretty good crop of centers in today's NBA. Now, it's not like, you know, before. I mean, guys have different roles. It's not like, even in the 80s, you may have had guys that were, like, really, really slow, but they were big and they were shot blockers. I think now more so of having, like, a specialist as a shot blocker, we have guys that are vertical lob threat. So the game has definitely changed. And then there are a few guys that I feel like if they were born in a different era, then they would be first-round picks who may not end up getting drafted this year. So an example of that would be like Luca Garza. He he may or may not get drafted, but in a different era, 20 years ago, he is a first-round pick. And then there's a few other guys that I think could be drafted like late first round, early second round that probably would have been valued a little bit more if they were in a different era. So I'll just name some of the top centers in today's NBA. And this is in no particular order. So you got Nikola Jokic from Denver. You got Joel Embiid from Philadelphia. Rudy Gobert. You got Bam Adebayo. You got Vucevic, who's playing for the Bulls now. You got Clint Capella. You got Carl Anthony Towns. You got Jonas in Memphis. Depending on if you consider Porzingis a center, that's debatable, but you know, he's 7'4", and <laughs> he averaged 20-9 this year. You have DeAndre Ayton, and then in Indiana, I think they're both centers, in my opinion. They don't – they play together, but I think Sabonis' best position is a center. I think Miles Turner's best position is that center. Then you have Anthony Davis, who we know how Davis feels about being a five, but I think that his best position, or at least the position that he should close games in – is that center. Then you can say Christian Wood can be on that list. Then maybe Andre Drummond, depending on how you feel. So those are, in my opinion, the best centers in today's NBA. I may be missing somebody. So then I started doing some research on the last five drafts, draft classes. All right, the last five draft classes. 12 centers have been selected in the lottery. All right, and I'll name the 12 centers. So you had 2020, you had James Wiseman. You had Onyeka Okongwu, who I think is a center. Jalen Smith, who I think is a center. Then in 2019, you had Jackson Hayes. 2018, you had DeAndre Ayton. You had Mo Bamba, who went number six. And you had Wendell Carter, who went number seven. Ironically, they are teammates now. 2017, you had Zach Collins, who went number 10. And Bam Adebayo, who went number 14. And if you want to be picky and nitpick, Bam didn't start most of the games at center in the 2020 season. They started Myers Leonard, I believe. 
Then if you go 2016, you got Jakob Porto, Sabonis, who went number 11. And then you have Georgios Papa Giannis, who is out of the league. All right, so now let me run through some of the stats. I, you know, for 2020, they're rookies. It's still early. But James Wiseman, he started 27 of their 39 games. He averaged 11.6 rebounds. Solid rookie. I think he's been unfairly criticized. Okongwu started six. I'm sorry, he started four of the 50 games, averaged four points and three rebounds. Jalen Smith barely played, started one game, averaged two points, one rebound. 2019, Jackson Hayes, he has started 17 out of 124 games he's played in. You know, decent, seven points, four rebounds per game. 2018, he had Aiden. He started 171 of 178 games. He's averaging, he averaged 16 and 10 for his career. We've seen what he's done. I mean, he's the starting center in the NBA Finals right now. Bamba, six career starts out of 155 games, six points, five rebounds per game. Wendell Carter has started 131 of the of the 141 games he's played. Respectable 11 points, eight rebounds per game, but the most games he's played has been 44 games in a season. 2017, Zach Collins has only started 12 games, averages of 7.6 rebounds. He's only played 11 games since 2019. And then, bam, he was selected 14th. He's an all-star, two-time all-defense. He averaged 18.95 in 2021. And then 16, you got Porto. He started 97 out of a possible 348 games, or 97 out of 348 games that he's played in. Six points, five rebounds, one block per game. Sabonis. Two-time All-Star, he averaged 20, 12, and 7, and that is 20 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists in 2021. And then you got Georgios Papayanis from Greece. Now, I never even heard of dude when he got drafted, and I consider myself an NBA draft junkie. He only played 39 career games, only 39 career games. He is out of the league and has been out for a while. So those are the centers that have been selected in the lottery in the last five years, at least centers in my opinion. When we return, I want to give you a breakdown of some of their stats and some of the numbers that may shock you or it may make you think differently about this upcoming 2021 draft class, which I think could possibly have six guys selected in the first round. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you about this week's ultra moment. It was a tough choice. But my favorite moment of the past week from the NBA playoffs had to have been Giannis Antetokounmpo coming back from what looked like a devastating injury. I was watching the game and I saw the play, but I I just have this bad habit. I won't even say it's a bad habit. I just do not watch injury instant replay. Something about seeing a person's leg bend the opposite way. I may be able to look at an ankle, but knees bending the wrong way, hyperextensions, torn ACLs. No, when I when I see the guy on the ground and the camera is there and he's pounding his chest and then I, I look away and when I hear the the commentators go, "Ooh, Bob, did you see that?" Ooh, you know. I don't even I don't even watch. Once I hear what they're saying, I know that it's something I don't want to look at. But for Giannis to come back from a hyperextended knee 
a week later, come out and play in game one of the finals. And Giannis has a game that is not really suited for you to play injured. Like, he's not a guy that's going to shoot a lot of jump shots. He has one style of play, which is attack, attack, attack. He came out. The Bucks didn't get the win. He didn't look 100% like himself, but he looked good. And if you're a Bucks fan, I know seeing Giannis on the court brought a lot of joy, happiness, and enjoyment. So go check out other tons of exciting Ultra Moments with the hashtag Ultra Moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 96 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. And once again, my Michelob Ultra moment was Giannis Antetokounmpo playing game one of the NBA Finals a week after hyperextended his knee. And today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by none other than Michelob Ultra. Again, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, I am back to talk about this center position that I've, I've been doing some research on. And I'll, I'll get to how it may impact your thought process on this 21 draft class. All right, the fives that are in this class. All right, so back to the centers that have been selected in the last five years. So I mentioned 12 have been selected in the lottery. Only three have averaged a double-double in the season. That is DeAndre Ayton, DeMontis Sabonis, and Jared Allen. Allen was not a lottery pick. Two have been all-stars, Sabonis and Bam Adebayo. I think DeAndre Ayton is well on his way to being an all-star. Only one has made all-defensive team, and that is Bam. He's done that twice. Only three have averaged over 15 points per game. That is Aiton, Sabonis, and Bam. So for the most part, out of the 12 centers selected in the lottery in the last five years, and I mean, I, you know, it's too early for the 2020 class. I mean, they're young, maybe even 2019. But let's just say for the sake of this conversation, Aiton, Sabonis, Jared Allen, and Bam Adebayo are really the only ones that have had, I guess you can say, a a major impact. I mean, Wendell Carter has is probably the closest one to joining that next tier, but he's been injured. Like I said, the most games he's ever played in a season is 44. Mo Bamba has been a disappointment. Six points, five rebounds. He was the sixth pick. He, he's been a disappointment. And then him and Carter on the same team together. So I think... Bomb only has six career starts. It doesn't look likely to, you know, it doesn't look like he'll be named the starting center as of, you know, to start the 21-22 season. Zach Collins, I'm a Blazers fan. And, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've mentioned it. Oh, man, a few times. I've just got stressed thinking about it, that the Blazers selected Zach Collins over Bam Adebayo. Bam would cover all the issues that the Blazers have as far as athleticism, as far as defense, as far as having another playmaker. And I actually had a chance to talk to Bama about this last week. I was in Miami, ran into him, got a chance to like pick his brain to ask him different questions about how his draft process went and why were certain guys selected over him. And I mentioned that, you know, I'm a Blazers fan <laughs> and Honestly, selecting Zach Collins over Bam was a mistake. And he gave me, you know, a, a pretty PC answer. I won't I won't get too much into it. Hopefully one day I can have him on. 
But Zach Collins started 12 games, 7.6 rebounds, and like I said earlier, only 11 games played since 2019. And 2016, Jakob Porto or Poto, Papayanis. So, here's what I'm getting at. In this year, I think there are possibly, possibly six centers that could be selected in the first round. We know Mobley's a lock to go top five. I think Alperin Shingun should be a lottery pick. I think Kai Jones could possibly be a lottery pick, but I, I see him going mid first round. Then you got Dayron Sharp, Isaiah Jackson, and Charles Bassey. Those are the players that I think could be fringe first round picks. I mean, we won't know until draft day, obviously, but those are the guys that I think that could possibly hear the name called in the first round. Now, let's talk about how different they are. And if you think there's another center, I mean, maybe Nemis Kata could possibly be in that mix. Other than that, I don't see another another center getting drafted. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe we might see eight centers selected out of 68. Best case scenario, 10. But I'm thinking eight. And the other two centers, I think, will possibly be Luca Garza and also um, Ariel Huckporty from Germany. Other than that, maybe Jay Huff. I mean, I, I think that he, yeah, I think he's more so of a, a two-way guy. He's seven one now. He's the traditional center. He's someone that if he played twenty years ago, I think he'd be a lottery pick at, at, at the minimum. Definitely a first-round pick. Maybe Petrovus, or I'm sorry, Petrusev from Mega. I think that he could possibly be there. So anyway, like I said, maybe at the most we're gonna get ten guys out of sixty that are centers to be drafted. And now let's talk about how different they are. So Mobley is the best combination of your modern day center. He's uh, he's able to switch. He should be able to defend multiple positions. He should be able to protect the rim. He can put the ball on the floor. He's a good passer. He projects to be a solid shooter. Shingun is more so of your throwback center. And I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, which I hope you have, but I'm going to assume you have not. Shingun is a, like I said, a throwback center, wide-bodied frame, good touch around the rim, good footwork, has the potential to be able to stretch the floor. He shot 79% from the foul line, but he was dominant in Turkey, averaged 19 points, nearly nine rebounds per game in a tough Turkish league, which is, in my opinion, the second best domestic league in Europe behind ACB in Spain. Those two guys, I think, are locks to be, I shouldn't say locks, but I know Mobley is a lock, and I think Shingun is as close to a lock as you'll get to being a lottery pick. But then it gets tricky. Kai Jones, 6'11", 221 pounds. He's a little light in the pants. I mean, so is Mobley. But Kai Jones is not your traditional center by any means. This season, he averaged 8 points, or 8.8 points, Five rebounds, nearly a block a game, shot 38% from three. He's one of the biggest wild cards in this draft. And he's someone who I've mentioned before. If he is a all-star, I wouldn't be shocked. If he's a bust, 
and I don't like using the word bust, but let's say he's out of the league in a few years, that wouldn't surprise me either. Either. So then after that, you may have Dayron Sharp, who I think is a project. You have Isaiah Jackson, who should be able to contribute on the defensive end, and then Charles Bassey, who's somewhat of a throwback center also. He averaged 17 points, I want to say like 11 boards, three blocks. And you're probably wondering, why isn't he considered a lottery pick, considering that he has the size and the numbers and all of that? And when I return, I'll get back to why a guy like Charles Bassey, despite his numbers, may not be a lottery pick. I shouldn't say a lottery pick. Well, he may not even be a first-round pick in this year's NBA draft. But before that, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now nearly impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And that's why you should go to rockauto.com because you can save time and money when you use rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same exact parts from a chain store or car dealership? I know, for example, if you have a BMW and let's say your tires cost $300 at a car store, they're going to charge you $450 at the BMW dealership. They'll go buy all the tires up from the local car the local tire shops and then put that same tire in their store. So a place like Rock Auto is a better bank for your buck. It's also a family business. It serves do-it-yourselfers, and it has been doing that for the last 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could want or need for your car, brake parts, tail lamps, motor motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right so let me get back into my discussion about the center position and like i mentioned Maybe 10 guys. Now, there's one guy who I, who I think should get drafted. I don't see him on draft boards. I think possibly he will shoot up draft boards, and it is Ibu Baji. I've talked about him before. He's on my – I got a video of him on my YouTube channel. I think he is one of the best athletes in this draft. I think he has one of the highest upsides. And he's played well in the FIBA under-19 uh, World Cup for Senegal. He had a, a dominant game against Lithuania a couple of days ago. He did not play in their game yesterday, which was July 7th. He did not play in that game. And it makes me wonder if the reason he did not play is because he left the the World Cup tournament to go to Minnesota. His name is on the list of guys that are participating in the second combine. So I, I wonder if that's the reason. I haven't seen anything officially but he's someone that I think could really shoot up because I think in a in a combine type setting, his athleticism is going to stand out. Seven foot, two hundred and forty pounds. He has to have a forty something inch vert, and it's just an amazing shot blocker. Best, best, best case scenario. Again, best case scenario. He's like a Orlando Magic, Dwight Howard type. But he could end up being a, a Clint Capella type also. But he's someone that I really like. Hopefully his name ends up shooting up draft boards because it would make me look good because 
I'm one of the few that has been <laughs> talking about him being a a potential draft pick. So anyway, so when I talk about like this this class, and so I look at the guys like Isaiah Jackson. He's shown some flashes of offensive game, but he's more so expected to be a, a rim protector that can get out and switch a little bit on defenders. Charles Bassey is different. Bassey is a shot blocker. He he averaged three blocks per game, shot 75% from the foul line, shot 30% from three. And if you look at his film, you see that he's an old school big. He's good at establishing low post position. He has solid touch off his left shoulder, which is basically sent off his right hand. He runs the floor. He's a vertical lob threat. And I put this on my notes that he has upside as a shooter. But here's what concerns me is I felt like he shot too many jump shots. Even though the numbers were good, 17 points, 11 boards, and he was crazy efficient from the floor, but I felt like he shot too many jumpers because – he is trying to fit the role of the modern day big. And so when I do like my scouting reports on a lot of these players and these bigs, one of the things that I put as a negative or area for improvement is that they don't space the floor. Now, after, you know, doing some research the last couple of days, I have to ask myself, is that really a negative? Is that really something that they need to improve on? Because I look at Andre Drummond, for example, or maybe even Dwight Howard. These were two guys that were, I wouldn't, I mean, Dwight was definitely dominant in Orlando, but they were trying to expand their game and wanting post touches. And I had this conversation with a, actually two NBA players, well, one former NBA player and another current NBA player. And one of the things that they mentioned, that they both actually mentioned were Dwight and Andre Drummond were trying to reinvent themselves or work on their skills, which is not a bad thing, but they wanted touches. They wanted to, I guess, show that they were capable of more. And you can make a case and say that has been the reason why their value has declined. But then you look at Rudy Gobert, for example. Gobert has pretty much stayed within himself. And Gobert signed for over $200 million, while Drummond was once thought to be a max guy or close to it. I don't know what he gets this summer. I mean, I don't even know if he gets the mid-level exception. I'm not sure. Dwight is basically playing for pennies. <laughs> like, he, and he's still good. I think Dwight is still effective. But in my opinion, I could be totally wrong. Teams are, aren't really comfortable giving Dwight any long-term money because they know that or they assume maybe if he gets some long-term money, then he's going to go back to wanting post-touches, demanding the ball on the block and pouting if he's not getting a certain amount of touches. I think as long as you keep his money low and keep him kind of in limbo, he'll accept a role, which he's done well the last couple of years. So that leads me to this. So for a guy like Charles Bassey, do you want him to work on expanding his game? And if he does it, too much is it a situation where he forgets who he is he forgets that he can bang on the block there's not going to be many Brooke Lopez's like Brooke was a guy that was a 20 point per game scorer he was very good on the block he was able to extend his career 
and expand his game, which is crazy because he went like, I think maybe his first eight seasons, he only hit three three pointers and then he came back one year and made like 134. So he's an example of a guy that kind of changed his game and it has worked for him. So these guys that we are labeling as guys that may need to, or, or it may be an issue that they don't stretch the floor, that they need to improve their face-up game and a shooting game. Is it possible that them working on those different skills could actually be hurting them instead of helping them? It's a question that I, I want to leave it up to you guys to answer. You can reach me at Barlow500 on Twitter. I respond to my tweets. And just tell me your thoughts about that. Example, let's let's say it's Alperin Shingun. And I don't think it would be necessarily a bad thing for him to expand his range. But let's say he does. Does that take away? Unless he, I mean, he's going to have to find the perfect balance like a Jokic. But will that take away from his dominance inside? Or should he just continue to focus on sharpening what he does best, which is what got him, you know, as a projected lottery pick, and just stay the same person? Like I said, Rudy Gobert is the best example. Now, Rudy Gobert is not as skilled as as, as Shingun, but would Rudy be a $200 million player if he decided that he wanted to work on his ball handling and shoot elbow jumpers or shoot threes? Again, it's a question that I'm leaving up to you guys to answer. But before I leave and wrap this episode up, I want to talk to you about what we have going on here at Locked On starting July 19th. The Ultimate Mock Draft presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It will be featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Draft, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough, who deserves some credit for the success of the Phoenix Suns. Our Locked On NBA experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all your sports, your podcasts, your music, and news that matters to you. That is Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Once again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies, and I'm out.